what is really going on with our economy? Where is our country headed? Is artificial intelligence going to take over? Our guest today will have answers you need to hear on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and the deep state and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often either afraid to talk about or too distracted to talk about. This is episode 370 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Now, just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I'll never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. All right, our guest today, Clay Clark, is host of the great Reawaken America Tour. His frequent guests include American hero General Michael Flynn and Mr. My Pillow himself, Mike Lindell. For our listeners in Arkansas and Texas, you're probably going to want to fly out to Reawaken America Tour events, and we'll tell you about that here in just a moment. His Thrive Time podcast is very popular with fellow patriots over on the Rumble platform. He focuses on the battle between the Great Reawakening and the Great Reset. The Thrive Time podcast is billed as the world's number one business podcast. To find out more, go to the website, thrivetimeshow.com. It's an honor to welcome a man who's working 24-7 to actually try to reawaken America, Clay Clark. Brother Clark, thank you so much for coming on the Doc Watchman Show today. How are you? I am doing very well. I appreciate you for carving out time for me. I hope that I can drop a lot of uh, information with your, to your listeners they haven't heard anywhere else. Absolutely. Amen. Now, recently, let me just start off with this. Recently, a member of my family who's much younger than I am, someone who doesn't pay much attention to the news or politics, asked me what's going on with our dollar. I was kind of shocked because this is a person who never asks questions about the news or politics. Our financial system is in big trouble, isn't it? Uh, it's beyond big trouble. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Um, you're seeing a situation right now where you're having the de-dollarization of the earth is occurring at scale. So Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, that's the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're all teaming up together to stop using the U.S. dollar. So Xi, that's the head of China, he teamed up with the head of Russia, Putin, and they agreed they're no longer going to be buying and selling oil using the U.S. dollar. Brazil has followed suit. Now you're having Saudi Arabia joining BRICS. You're having Mexico join BRICS. You're having Iran join BRICS. So Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, that's 41% of the Earth's population. Now when you add in Mexico, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and other countries that are joining, 
Uh, soon, America will be on the outside looking in as the world moves away from the dollar. All right. So for many years, I guess since maybe the end of World War II, the dollar has been the world's reserve currency. Uh, most people alive now don't remember a time when it wasn't the world's reserve currency, even if most people in this country don't know what that means. So as we're in danger of losing uh, that status and losing it very soon, uh, well, the, the process you just described, uh, what does that uh, foretell for our country and, and our economy? Well, what's going to happen is you're going to see that the dollar – will be no longer used by most countries on the planet Earth. Yeah. So what will happen is the China is rolling out what's called the New Development Bank, or the BRICS Bank, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. That bank is called the New Development Bank. It is based in Shanghai, and that particular bank uh, exists to steward over or to lead the uh, implementation of the BRICS currency. And so soon you will see that if you want to buy or sell goods, your U.S. dollars will not be worth much, and the only currencies that will hold value will be the BRICS currencies, which are currencies backed by gold. They're gold-backed central bank digital currency, a gold-backed programmable central bank digital currency based in Shanghai, China. Not good. All right, now I want to get to the digital currency, but you just brought up something that – I was not expecting, and I don't know, or, or that I didn't know. When President Nixon took us off the gold standard, um, that had some serious ramifications that we're just now starting to see the negative results of then, right? Correct. Um, so let's, let's, let's follow this just for a second here. The, the top advisor for Richard Nixon when he was in office was a man by the name of Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Henry Kissinger told Richard Nixon, hey, you should get off the gold standard. Henry Kissinger also told Klaus Schwab to start the World Economic Forum in 1971. And Henry Kissinger advised America to move into this thing called the petrodollar. Now, just so we're clear, the petrodollar, and I'm oversimplifying, but because of time, I want to make sure I'm clear, the petrodollar is a currency that's bizarre, but it's basically this bizarre relationship we have with Saudi Arabia that says, we will protect you and your oil militarily as long as you sell your oil to countries that we like at a price that we like, and you price, you, 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 you price that oil in U.S. dollars and you deposit some of the profits in U.S. banks. That relationship is now over. Thus, the petrodollar is done, and the Chinese dollar is almost here. Wow. So, but the fact that, that these other, see, I didn't realize the, the, the Chinese currency and some of these other currencies in the BRICS nation were, were backed by gold. That puts them in a, a, a much stronger position than we are in. Uh, the odds of, for instance, uh, the, the BRICS nations, uh, uh, Brazil, uh, Russia, India, China, South Africa deciding, hey, we want to get $31 trillion into debt, too, just like you guys. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, correct. I mean, you're, you're in a spot right now where the Great Reset is being implemented by Klaus Schwab. And this is a, a plan that was created 
uh, many, many years ago, you know, 1971. Yeah. And so now you're seeing Yuval Noah Harari, the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. He's calling for the removal of Benjamin Netanyahu from leadership in Israel. That's what's happening, okay? So Benjamin Netanyahu is being pushed uh, out of, or Yuval Noah Harari is trying to push him out of office, and that's Benjamin Netanyahu, the leader of Israel, the country that God chose. Simultaneously, Yuval Noah Harari and uh, others are pushing the idea of making President Trump a no longer viable presidential candidate. They want to move him off of the playing field. So you're seeing the persecution of both Benjamin Netanyahu and President Donald J. Trump at the same time. Wow. We're speaking with Clay Clark, host of the popular Thrive Time Show podcast. Okay, this leads us to the next question. It was reported in the news just yesterday that Republicans in the U.S. House are going to try to prevent the U.S. Federal Reserve from rolling out CBDC, the central bank digital currency. Could you please explain to our listeners what that is and why Republican congressmen want to stop it? Okay, so uh, the central bank digital currency, everyone should look this up right now. Assume that what I'm saying is not true. Look it up, folks. So type in MIT CBDC. Okay. Okay, you're you're breaking up on us. You're you're breaking up on us. Maybe if you could get closer to a window or something. Uh, yeah, let me we, let we, me let me see. I'm actually broadcasting from a submarine today. Let me just see real quick. Oh here. man, no, I'm, I'm here in my office. <laughs> okay, so if you want to type in MIT CBDC, yeah, into Google MIT CBDC, then I want you to type in MIT MIT Quantum Dot. The Quantum Dot is a technology that stores your medical and financial records under your skin. No, I am not making that up. That is a quantum dot. And the name of the new technology that powers the CBDCs is, guess what? It's called a quantum. What? It's called quant. So the name of the technology is called quant.network. So go there right now on your Google browser. Just type in quant.network. So quant.network is the uh, foundation of the CBDCs which involves a quantum dot, which stores your medical records and financial records under your skin. Wow. Reminds me of the old song, I've got you under my skin, but this is different. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a pass on that. I have no interest whatsoever in, in, in the government knowing everything uh, there is to know about me and having some kind of a microchip under my skin. Uh, but obviously... Obviously, when you got a guy like Klaus Schwab, who said back in 2020, you know, head of the World Economic Forum, for our listeners, by the year 2030, you won't own anything, you won't have any privacy, but you'll be so much happier. I'm like, okay, so you're lying to my face then. But that is the plan, right? You are 100% correct. That is the plan. They want to put surveillance under the skin. You've all know Harari openly says it repeatedly yeah. when asked and when not asked. They want to put surveillance under the skin. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, you know, years ago, years ago, there were movies done about the future and about everybody being controlled by some kind of uh, central intelligence and how we have to stand up for freedom. These are Hollywood movies, and um, conservatives and liberals alike were like, hey, man, that was a great movie. we got to make sure that doesn't happen. And I'm wondering where, you know, where that mindset went. Um, so let me ask you what your concerns are about AI, artificial intelligence. 
Well, okay, uh, AI, Elon Musk's, uh, the woman he's produced two kids with, Grimes, has said that AI is the fastest path to communism. Um, that's a thing. Um, so I don't, I don't know if most people know that. Sam Altman, who is the co-founder of OpenAI, has said that we need to roll out universal basic income because most people will not have jobs anymore. Uh, you have um, Elon Musk is pushing universal basic income. Uh, uh, you have uh, the company OpenAI that Elon Musk started was started by Sam Altman, who's pushing universal basic income, and they started the money with a billion dollars of funding from Bill Gates. That's that name again, Bill Gates, folks. There he is. So uh, when you have the leaders of the founders of OpenAI discussing that they believe that this technology will cause the need for universal basic income, and it is, quote-unquote, the fastest path to communism, says Grimes, the mother of two Elon Musk children, that is super concerning. Yeah, because another thing super concerning is that most young people in this country have not been taught what is bad about communism. So they don't have any idea that it would mean the taking away of all their freedoms, right? I don't think most people understand. I'm going to get a little bit deep here. Um, But the Bible, if you open the Bible, it's so crazy. The Bible instructs us in both Genesis and in Exodus to work six days and rest on the seventh. The Hebrew word work means worship, and the word worship means work. In Hebrew, the word work means worship, and worship means work. You know, work is unto the Lord. And then in 1938, this guy by the name of uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and his lesbian wife, they rolled out the idea of the 40-hour work week. Now, guess who rolled out the idea of the four-day work week? Klaus Schwab. Yes. And now who's rolling out the idea of zero work days in your week? Elon Musk. That is what's happening. They call it universal basic income. Wow. So, okay, so Elon Musk, this uh, this great futurist, the guy with uh, Tesla, and the guy who wants to send spaceships to uh, other planets and stuff, and the guy who took over Twitter and loosened things up a little bit there, do I understand correctly he's actually in favor of universal basic income? This is correct. He's oh, in man. favor of universal basic income. He agrees on cars that you cannot control, you know, cars that are controlled by, uh, that can be turned on or off. He and Klaus Schwab agree on universal basic income. They both agree on connecting your brain to the Internet. Uh, this is real stuff. Wow. I mean, that that's just... You know, uh, disaster waiting to happen. Uh, okay, Clay, big corporations know that a majority of Americans do not support a Green New Deal, transgender madness, or critical race theory, and yet we see in the, the they're advertising all the time. They keep beating us over the head with these things. Why is that? Uh, well, the idea is they want to convince you, as a listener to this great show, that you are in the minority if you want to live by the Judeo-Christian values that made America great. That's the idea. They want to convince you that you are in the minority if you want to stand for gender being defined as man and woman, uh, man or woman. You know, as as uh, uh, if you stand for traditional marriage, if you stand for the concept of you don't work, you don't eat. These sort of traditional Judeo-Christian principles and foundational teachings from God, they want to make those um, a thing of the past. And the best way to do it is to run ads and to shove it in your face. And most people don't know this, but with fiat currency, that's currency via decree, there's an infinite supply of money because the money is based on nothing, right? So the, a lot of these countries that are woke companies, they operate at a perpetual loss because they are offset by fiat currency and government 
loans. These, a lot of these companies lose money year after year after year, but the government bails them out because they are too big to fail. So they don't really care what the market uh, place wants. They're just going to go with their agenda. And when they lose money perpetually, they're going to go to the government. And the government will print out more money that it doesn't have uh, via fiat currency. Okay, so here's here's uh, something I heard last year. There's a guy named Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a finance guy, so I'm sure you're very familiar with him. Last year, before he announced, hey, I'm going to run for president or anything like this, he said the big reason the corporations are trying to shove this stuff down our throats is not because they necessarily believe it, but the mutual funds are so woke that they are pushing them, the people they re- rely on to, to keep going financially with this DEI and ESG and all this kind of stuff, they are uh, basically coercing these corporations to act not in their best interest and, and to, you know, upset a lot of us who are like, well, doggone it. You know, if you're going to have a guy, for instance, um, masquerading as a woman and you, Bud Light, are going to say, hey, here's here's our gal, then we're going to take off. And and, and, and they know, but yet financially, because the big mutual funds, uh, they're kind of like, you know, trapped in a corner there. Well, if you read the Bible, and I would encourage you to do so, if you read the Bible, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which yep. while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Turns out a lot of people are con- controlled by the love of money. And so a lot of people that should have stood up didn't stand up. You know, and that's why when I do these Reawaken America Tour events, people come from all over the country to attend, and people are always blown away. They always ask me, how can you afford to let me name my price? People will say, you know, I only paid 50 bucks for my ticket. How is it possible that you have Eric Trump, Cash Patel, General Flynn, Peter Navarro, Mike Lindell, all these speakers at one event, Dr. Mike Evitz, Dr. Tenpenny, Bobby Kennedy Jr. How do you do that? I mean, what's your motive, man? And I say, I'm trying to save the country. And people are always blown away that these events are perpetually unprofitable. But that's why we do it. We're trying to save this nation. Okay, so before I get to any other questions, uh, let's talk to our listeners. Let's tell them uh, where your Reawaken America tour events are going to be here in the next few months and how they can get tickets and who all is going to be speaking. Yeah, if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, I'm always adding speakers, but if you go there, it's, it's coming up in May, just under 30, it's just over 30 days from now, at Trump Doral in Miami, Florida. We will be there. Who's we? There'll be about 5,000 patriots there. Right now, we have 192 tickets remaining. And if you want to get a ticket to these events or just to learn more about the events, you can go to timetofreeamerica.com. That's timetofreeamerica.com. Fantastic. So that's the next one coming up at the uh, the Trump Doral in um, in South Florida, and that's going to be uh, May 12th and 13th in, in Miami. Time to freeamerica.com. All right, fantastic. Um, so let me ask you, in the fall of 2020, President Trump warned us that if Joe Biden – somehow got into the Oval Office, China would take over our country. Is that what we're seeing? 
Yes. Uh, you have the uh, Great Reset being implemented by Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, with uh, what appears to be, from what I can tell, it appears that China and Russia are in the lead right now. And things are happening now that you would have never seen before. As an example, Saudi Arabia just opened its port to allow a Russian warship into a naval base in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. You're seeing the de-dollarization of the U.S. currency. You're seeing uh, missiles or rockets. Rockets are being lobbed into Israel from the north in Lebanon, from the south in Gaza, from the east in Syria. All of these things are happening simultaneously. So you're, a lot is going on right now. Speaking of which, did you ever see, and you're pretty good at predicting things, a lot better than I am, but did you ever think you would see uh, China negotiating a peace deal between sworn blood enemies, the Shiites in control of Iran, the uh, Sunnis in, in control of Saudi, and somehow or another, President Xi, China, gets these two sworn enemies to go, hey, what are we fighting for? Look, uh, why don't we just go ahead and reopen our embassies that have been closed for uh, generations and exchange of ambassadors and uh, maybe we get along? I mean, d- did that shock you? Uh, not not, not um, based upon the knowledge that I have gained over the past uh, two or three years. I think if I hadn't uh, known what I know about BRICS and the Great Reset, I think I would have been shocked. Yeah. But remember, the idea is to bring about, bring about a one-world government right. uh, divided into ten regions. If you want to learn more about that, just look up the Club of Rome report and read that. And Klaus Schwab is out there currently bragging that he helped to introduce the Club of Rome report, which calls for breaking the earth into ten regions with one central leader. Wow, wow. And, and we go back to Lord Acton. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And these guys obviously don't know anything about what's in the Bible. They don't know anything about the innate sinfulness of man. Uh, they don't know what our founders knew when they set up our government with three branches that theoretically you know, are supposed to keep each other in check. The, all that stuff is just beyond them. They think man is perfectible, and, and that's foolishness. It's folly. Well, I think either that or they're committed Luciferians that have a reprobate mind and have decided to give themselves over to their satanic worldviews. So either they, A, haven't read the Bible, or they have read the Bible, they've decided to choose Team Satan. Yeah, right. What, or or maybe, maybe both. Now, what are your thoughts on the recent indictment of President Trump? Uh, my thoughts would be this. Uh, at the center of this entire indictment is a guy by the name of Michael Cohen. Everyone should look him up to see how credible he is. Yeah. Uh, at the center of this is you know allegations made by Storm- Stormy Daniels. Everyone should not look her up because you want to save your soul. Don't look up Stormy Daniels, folks. Um, everybody should know that Alvin Bragg uh, has a, a, he's committed himself to going after President Trump. So um, we're un- in unprecedented territory. We're seeing the intentional persecution of President Donald J. Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel simultaneously right now. That's what's happening. Yeah. Now, I've been saying that I believe that somebody, in it might have to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, but somehow or another the charges against President Trump by Alvin Bragg in New York City are going to be thrown out. My concern is that when they start charging and stuff uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, that, that could be a whole, a whole different story. Um I have asked both General Mike Flynn and Cash Patel this, and I want to ask you, if they don't fix the electoral fraud that allowed the Democrats to steal the last presidential election for President Trump in the swing states, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, 
Will it be possible to elect a Republican president next year? Uh, I I never like to uh, share with you my opinion because I think my opinion is something that everybody has, and I don't know that mine is uniquely accurate. Okay. I'm a big facts guy, so I'm going to punt on that one because I don't know the answer to that question. All I can say is we need to have election integrity in this country. That's a great question. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Um, I, I know you got to run here. I don't know where the time goes. Let me squeeze in one more. As we enter uncharted financial territory as a country, what kind of advice are you giving small business owners? Uh, one, and I mean, it's just silly. If you go to thrivetimeshow.com, thrivetimeshow.com, you can take and I let people name their price to attend. And my average client or average attendee, their businesses grow dramatically despite the Great Reset. So I would say, come out to one of our workshops. Now, if you don't come to a workshop, I would recommend you just get out of fiat currency. You buy gold and silver and get out of that fiat currency as soon as possible. Because soon, fiat currency will be worth uh, virtually nothing. And I buy all my gold and silver from a company called Beverly Hills Precious Metals. And if you go to bh-pm.com, you can learn more about those guys. But whether you buy from Beverly Hills, Precious Metals, or somebody else, please schedule a consultation with somebody and learn how to get out of that fiat currency. Amen. Thrivetimeshow.com. Now, give us the uh, the website again yeah. for uh, uh, the... Time2FreeAmerica.com. That's Time2FreeAmerica.com. Time2FreeAmerica.com. For the next Reawaken America tour coming up uh, next month, uh, in Miami. Uh, Clay Clark, uh, as always, appreciate you coming on the program, brother. Uh, God bless you and Godspeed. And as we say here in the South, y'all come see us. Hey, thanks a lot, brother. Have a great day. You too. God bless you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. I don't know that. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose. I don't know where the time goes. Okay. Coming up, I got to tell you about an article that, uh, brother Dan Bongino turned me on to a few minutes before I started this interview today. And it's uh, about artificial intelligence and the idea that if we don't shut it down, it could take out all of us. A very sobering words from, uh, from Brother Dan Bongino. And so once I saw what he was saying about it over on his Rumble account, I'm like i got to share this with you guys. So that is coming up straight straight ahead. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com, pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes, that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental USA, redriverauto.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. 
Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines? The Arkansas Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life, had bad migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, the migraines went away, and they haven't come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside Central Arkansas, just go to their website, TurnMyPowerOn.com. Click on the tab that says, Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. As you probably know by now, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. And he's done it again. Introducing MyPillow 2.0. MyPillow 2.0 has a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. MyPillow 2.0's new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature through the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. You know your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 was developed to provide a cool surface. It's engineered for comfort. MyPillow 2.0 is available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and there's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. As a special introductory offer for my listeners, when you buy your new MyPillow 2.0, you get a second one free just by using promo code DWS. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great. They feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal in his Giza Dreams sheets. Buy a set of Giza sheets, get one free. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Buy a set of Giza sheets and get one free just by using promo code DWS. MyPillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer. Get huge discounts on blankets, duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS. You'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow 2.0 and Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free. Now, I never knew that slippers could feel as good as my new My Slippers moccasins. Right now, save big on My Slippers, slip-ons and moccasins, Close out sale price at just $25 by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike's having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals for just nineteen ninety eight. 
What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design you're not going to get anywhere else. My slippers, patented layers, make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. Now remember, that promo code does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no, no. It stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, got to share with you this article from Time Magazine that Brother Bongino was ranting and raving about, and I mean that you know in, in, in the best possible way. He's a good man. On his podcast earlier today, it's entitled, Pausing AI developments isn't enough. We need to shut it all down. It's written by a guy named Eliezer Yudkowsky. He is a decision theorist from the U.S. He leads research at the Machine Intelligence Research Institute. He's been working on aligning artificial general intelligence since 2001, and he's widely regarded as a founder of, of the entire field. So I'm going to take seriously what he has to say. And here's how he begins. An open letter, and he links to the open letter over at futureoflife.org. An open letter published today calls for All AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. Now, he says this six-month moratorium would be better than no moratorium. I have respect for everyone who stepped up and signed it. It's an improvement on the margin. He says, I refrained from signing because I think the letter is understating the seriousness of the situation and asking for too little to solve it. The key issue is not human competitive intelligence, as the open letter puts it. It's what happens after AI gets too smarter than human intelligence. Key thresholds there may not be obvious, We definitely can't calculate in advance what happens when, and it currently seems imaginable that a research lab would cross critical lines without noticing. Well, of course. Happens all the time, doesn't it? People in positions of power cross critical lines sometimes without noticing frequently, don't they? You could cite chapter and verse. He says, many researchers steeped in these issues, including myself, expect that the most likely result of building a superhumanly smart AI under anything remotely like the current circumstances is that literally everyone on earth will die. Oh, my goodness. Not as in maybe possibly some remote chance, but as in that is the obvious thing that would happen. 
It's not that you can't, in principle, survive creating something much smarter than you. It's that it would require precision and preparation and new scientific insights and probably not having IA systems composed of giant, inscrutable arrays of fractional numbers. Okay, I, uh, I don't like where this is going. But um, it's not because I don't think it makes sense. It's just because I don't like where it's going. And Brother Bongino didn't either. Anyway, here's the rest of it. Without that precision and preparation, the most likely outcome is AI that does not do what we want and does not care for us nor for sentient life in general. That kind of caring is something that could, in principle, be imbued into an AI, but we are not ready and do not currently know how. Absent that caring, we get, quote, the AI does not love you, nor does it hate you, and you are made of atoms it can use for something else, unquote. Let that sink in for a minute. Let me run that by you again. The AI does not love you, nor does it hate you, and you are made of atoms it can use for something else. Let me continue digressing here for just a moment. God made man in his own image. We are his image bearers. We are not just a collection of atoms to be used by more powerful forces, whether they are the globalists or AI. But the scientific establishment has told us, going back at least 163 years to the publication of Charles Darwin's book on the origin of species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life, that we are not made in the image of God, that there is no absolute truth, and that we are just a collection of atoms with no dignity. As a matter of fact, American psychologist B.F. Skinner released a book 52 years ago entitled Beyond Freedom and Dignity. It spent 18 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. That's what these people believe. That's where they live in that worldview. So, of course, I find it reasonable that artificial intelligence could try to kill us all because it would probably not occur to those programming it to instill in it a respect for the sacred value of human life. We lived under Roe versus Wade for 49 years, for goodness sakes. Do you think most of these people had a problem with that? Anthony Fauci's agency funded harvesting organs from live babies at the University of Pittsburgh to the tune of several million dollars a year. Do you think that bothers most of the folks in the scientific community? So, of course, the idea of checks and balances in AI would not occur to them. The likely result of humanity facing down an opposed superhuman intelligence is a total loss. Valid metaphors include, quote, a 10-year-old trying to play chess against Stockfish 15, unquote. Quote, the 11th century trying to fight the 21st century, unquote. And, quote, Australopithecus trying to fight Homo sapiens, unquote. Well, you know, here's the problem. Uh, this guy is probably making perfect sense. He probably knows exactly what he's talking about, but then he assumes that we know what he's talking about. And so since I don't have any idea what Stockfish 15 is, 
I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, I see. It is an open source chess engine. So, obviously, it is going to be something that is entirely impossible for a human being to beat. Stockfish is a free and open source chess engine commonly used to calculate the optimal move in various chess scenarios needed for a checkmate. It is available for various desktop and mobile platforms and can be used in chess software through the universal chess interface. So, there's just no way to beat it. It's one of those things. So that's the that's one of the analogies he's using. I mean, I get the 11th century trying to fight the 21st century, okay? Australopithecus, I guess that's some kind of uh, dinosaur, right? Trying to fight Homo sapiens? I mean, I know what Homo sapiens is. That's human beings. So Australopithecus, um, a genus of early homonyms that existed in Africa during the Pliocene and early Pleistocene. Oh, I, I get it. Okay, yeah. These are people who believe the Earth is millions of years old. But anyway, I get the idea. So those are the analogies. He continues to visualize a hostile superhuman AI. Don't imagine a lifeless, book-smart thinker dwelling inside the Internet and sending ill-intentioned emails. Visualize an entire alien civilization thinking at millions of times human speeds, initially confined to computers in a world of creatures that are, from its perspective, very stupid and very slow. A sufficiently intelligent AI won't stay confined to computers for long. In today's world, you can email DNA strings to laboratories that will produce proteins on demand, allowing an AI initially confined to the Internet to build artificial life forms or bootstrap straight to post-biological molecular manufacturing. Yeah, that's, that's really bad. Kind of reminds me of a Tony Fauci and gain of function and killing millions of people. How about you? Anyway, he says, If somebody builds a too powerful AI under present conditions, I expect that every single member of the human species and all biological life on Earth dies shortly thereafter. There's no proposed plan for how we could do any such thing and survive. Open AI's openly declared intention is to make some future AI do our AI alignment homework. Just hearing that this is the plan ought to be enough to get any sensible person to panic. The other leading AI lab, DeepMind, has no plan at all. And again, he links to an article over at openai.com entitled Our Approach to Alignment Research, subtitled We are improving our AI system's ability to learn from human feedback and to assist humans at evaluating AI. Our goal is to build a sufficiently aligned AI system that can help us solve all other alignment problems. Yeah, what could go wrong, right? He continues. And aside, 
None of this danger depends on whether or not AIs are or can be conscious. It's intrinsic to the notion of powerful cognitive systems that optimize hard and calculate outputs that meet sufficiently complicated outcome criteria. With that said, I'd be remiss in my moral duties as a human if I didn't also mention that we have no idea how to determine whether AI systems are aware of themselves since we have no idea how to decode anything that goes on in the giant inscrutable arrays, and therefore we may at some point inadvertently create digital minds which are truly conscious and ought to have rights and shouldn't be owned. The rule, uh, I don't think digital minds created by us should have any rights, but that's kind of a minor point compared to everything else in this article. But I digress. The rule that most people aware of these issues would have endorsed 50 years earlier was that if an AI system can speak fluently and says it's self-aware and demands human rights, that ought to be a hard stop on people just casually owning that AI and using it past that point. We already blew past that old line in the sand, and that was probably correct. I agree that current AIs are probably just imitating talk of self-awareness from their training data. But I mark that with how little insight we have into these systems' internals we do not actually know. If that's our state of ignorance for GPT-4 and GPT-5 is the same size of giant capability step as from GPT-3 to GPT-4, I think we'll no longer be able to justifiably say, to justifiably say, probably not self-aware, if we let people make GPT-5s. It'll just be, I don't know, nobody knows. If you can't be sure whether you're creating a self-aware AI, this is alarming not just because of the moral implications of the self-aware part, but because being unsure means you have no idea what you're doing and that is dangerous and you should stop. Okay. That's probably the most technologically challenged person you've ever met. I might have to look up this GPT stuff. Okay, so for instance, GPT-4 stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer 4. It is a multimodal large language model created by OpenAI and the fourth in its GPT series. It was released March 14th of this year, has been made publicly available in a limited form via the chat GPT Plus with access to its commercial API being provided via a wait list. Okay, what's API? Application Programming Interface. A way for two or more computer programs to communicate with each other. Okay. What is multimodal large language model? Well, multimodal learning attempts to model the combination of different modalities of data often arising in real-world application. Large language model is a language model consisting of a neural network with many parameters 
trained on large quantities of unlabeled text using self-supervised learning. Now, I know I'm speaking English, but I'm not really tracking here. So, that puts me in danger because, obviously, I'm not as smart as this AI stuff is. Okay, so we continue. On February 7th, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, publicly gloated that the new Bing would make Google, quote, come out and show that they can dance, unquote. He said, quote, I want people to know that we made them dance, unquote. Now, this is not how the CEO of Microsoft talks in a sane world. It shows an overwhelming gap between how seriously we are taking the problem and how seriously we needed to take the problem starting uh, 30 years ago. We're not going to bridge that gap in six months, going back to the suggestion that AIs be paused for six months. He says it took more than 60 years between when the notion of artificial intelligence was first proposed and studied and for us to reach today's capabilities. Solving safety of superhuman intelligence, not perfect safety, safety in the sense of not killing literally everyone, could very reasonably take at least half that long, so 30 years. And the thing about trying this with superhuman intelligence is that if you get that wrong on the first try, you do not get to learn from your mistakes because you are dead. Humanity does not learn from the mistake and dust itself off and try again, as in other challenges we've overcome in our history because we are all gone. He says trying to get anything right on the first really critical try is an extraordinary ask in science and in engineering. We're not coming in with anything like the approach that would be required to do it successfully. If we held anything in the nascent field of artificial general intelligence to the lesser standards of engineering rigor that apply to a bridge meant to carry a couple of thousand cars, the entire field will be shut down tomorrow. We are not prepared. We are not on course to be prepared in any reasonable time window. There is no plan. Progress in AI capabilities is running vastly, vastly ahead of progress in AI alignment or even progress in understanding what is going on inside those systems. If we actually do this, we're all going to die. Wow. But wait, he's not through. Many researchers working on these systems think that we're plunging toward a catastrophe with more of them daring to say it in private than in public, but they think that they can't unilaterally stop the forward plunge, that others will go on even if they personally quit their jobs, and so they all think they might as well keep going. This is a stupid state of affairs and an undignified way for Earth to die, and the rest of humanity ought to step in at this point and help the industry solve its collective action problem. He says, some of my friends have recently reported to me that when people outside the AI industry hear about extinction risk from 
artificial general intelligence for the first time, their reaction is, maybe we should not build AGI then. Hearing this gave me a tiny flash of hope because it's a simpler, more sensible, and frankly saner reaction than I've been hearing over the last 20 years of trying to get anyone in the industry to take things seriously. Anyone talking that sanely deserves to hear how bad the situation actually is and not be told that a six-month moratorium is going to fix it. On March 16th, my partner sent me the following email. She later gave me permission to excerpt it here. So here is the quote from the email. It says, Nina lost a tooth. In the usual way that children do, not out of carelessness, seeing GPT-4 blow away those standardized tests on the same day that Nina hit a childhood milestone brought an emotional surge that swept me off my feet for a minute. It's all going too fast. I worry that sharing this will heighten your own grief, but I'd rather be known to you than for each of us to suffer alone, unquote. So he says, when the insider conversation is about the grief of seeing your daughter lose her first tooth and thinking she's not going to get a chance to grow up, I believe we're past the point of playing political chess about a six-month moratorium. If there was a plan for Earth to survive, if only we passed a six-month moratorium, I would back that plan. There isn't any such plan. Here's what would actually need to be done. The moratorium on new large training runs needs to be indefinite and worldwide. There can be no exceptions, including for governments or militaries. If the policy starts with the U.S., then China needs to see that the U.S. is not seeking an advantage, but rather trying to prevent a horrifically dangerous technology which can have no true owner and which will kill everyone in the U.S. and in China and on Earth. If I had infinite freedom to write laws, I might carve out a single exception for AIs being trained solely to solve problems in biology and biotechnology, not trained on text from the Internet, and not to the level where they start talking or planning. But if that was remotely complicating the issue... I would immediately jettison that proposal and say to just shut it all down. Shut down all the large GPU clusters, the large computer farms where the most powerful AIs are refined. Shut down all the large training runs. Put a ceiling on how much computing power anyone is allowed to use in training an AI system and move it downward over the coming years, to compensate for more efficient training algorithms, no exceptions for governments and militaries, make immediate multinational agreements to prevent the prohibited activities from moving elsewhere, track all GPUs sold. If intelligence says that a country outside the agreement is building a GPU cluster, be less scared of a shooting conflict between nations than of the moratorium being violated, be willing to destroy a rogue data center by airstrike. 
Frame nothing as a conflict between national interests. Have it clear that anyone talking of arms races is a fool. That we all live or die as one in this is not a policy, but a fact of nature. Make it explicit in international diplomacy that preventing AI extinction scenarios is considered a priority above preventing a full nuclear exchange and that allied nuclear countries are willing to run some risk of nuclear exchange if that's what it takes to reduce the risk of large AI training runs. Wow! Gee whiz! I never thought I'd hear anybody say anything like that. But I digress. That's the kind of policy change that would cause my partner and me to hold each other and to say to each other that a miracle happened and now there's a chance that maybe Nina will live. The sane people hearing about this for the first time and sensibly saying, maybe we should not, deserve to hear honestly what it would take to have that happen. And when your policy ask is that large, the only way it goes through is if policymakers realize that if they conduct business as usual and do what's politically easy, that means their own kids are going to die too. Shut it all down. We are not ready. We are not on track to be significantly readier in the foreseeable future. If we go ahead on this, everyone will die, including children who did not choose this and did not do anything wrong. Shut it down. Wow. Never read an article like that before. That is the great Eliezer Yudkowsky. Article dropped over at Time Magazine on March 29th in the evening as Led Zeppelin would say. Yudkowsky is a decision theorist from the U.S. and leads research at the Machine Intelligence Research Institute. He's been working on aligning artificial general intelligence since 2001 and is widely regarded as a founder of the field. The Time Magazine article I just shared with you is entitled Pausing AI Developments Isn't Enough, We Need to Shut It All Down. We've got a lot to chew on there, don't we? And we'll do it coming up. Did you hear AT&T recently lost billions of dollars on Wall Street after their satellite outfit, DirecTV, decided to delete Newsmax? If you want to drop AT&T or any of the big liberal cell phone carriers, I have the perfect solution for you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. And Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. 
A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, the great Ronald Reagan once said, Inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. Last but not least, number five, Precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew's been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team at Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. We found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from General Mike Flynn, and we're glad we did. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more about Andrew and his team, go to bh-pm.com. The BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for Precious Metals bh-pm.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. No matter what search engine you use, it's the first thing that comes up. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn silver coin and let them know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals in an effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com or Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Okay, let me uh, let me say a few things about this this article that Brother Bongino turned me on to, and I just shared with you a few moments ago. Pausing AI developments isn't enough; we need to shut it all down. Time Magazine, written by Eliezer Yudkowsky. The reason I take it seriously is because it sounds reasonable. It makes sense. I don't know if you're like me, but that you've had in the back of your mind, what if AI gets to be too powerful? What if it takes over? Well, then this could happen. Now, as a Christian, I know and believe that someday the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return for his church. No question about it. And the fact that artificial intelligence is a mortal threat to the continuation of human life on this earth, if indeed 
what the author of this article is saying is true, does not in any way shake my belief in the Lord, does not in any way uh, cause my belief in the Lord to falter. God's even smarter than AI. I just wanted to put that out for you because um, one of the things that I think is, well, it's uh, my duty is to share with you things that you're probably not getting elsewhere. That's what we do here on the Doc Washburn Show. Okay, hit it, Brian. Yeah, we learned a lot today. And remember, there are two inventors. No, that's, uh, that's not it. Let me try it again. Okay, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom. To buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Okay, so today's tweet of the day is brought to you by a guy named Sam Husseini, who I recently found on Twitter. And... He has a tweet with an embedded video clip from Senator Josh Hawley. And Hawley is talking to Dr. Richard Ebright, Board of Governors, Professor of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Rutgers, one of the guys who's trying to get the truth through about COVID when Fauci was trying to shut guys like this up. So you got Josh Hawley sitting there in a Senate committee hearing room. And you got Dr. Ebright, who is testifying remotely. And it went something like this. And Oh, and by the way, this, um, speaking of Fauci, This ties into a, a recent article by Sam Husseini called Gain of Function Research of Concern has no civilian practical applications but Im- immense bioweapons practical applications. So, you know, which brings me to the question, was Fauci trying to kill as many people as he could? I don't know. We'll see. Josh Hawley and Dr. Ro- Richard uh, Ebright. Dr. Ebright, let me uh, ask you about the merits of of, uh, -of gain-of-function research, because I was struck by something you said in your written testimony. You said gain-of-function research has no civilian practical applications. from a research perspective, then what? Why do it? I mean, what's the what's the value, the real value of gain of function research? Not a matter of value, but incentives, particularly incentives within the academic research ecosystem. Gain of function research of concern is fast and easy, much faster and much easier than vaccine or drug development. And gain of function research is publishable, and gain of function research is fundable. With those four incentives. In place, fast, easy, fundable, and publishable, uh, the research will be performed. What is... Eliminate any one of those incentives, and it will not be. 
So thinking about China for a second, what, what's China's interest in gain-of-function research? They have witnessed the United States leading the way with gain-of-function research. Most gain-of-function research of concern performed to date has been performed either in the U.S. with U.S. funding or overseas with U.S. funding. Uh, China has wished to be part of that and has participated in gain-of-function research of concern in China with U.S. funding and has also supported gain-of-function research of concern uh, in China entirely through Chinese programs. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, gain-of-function research and bioweapons, what, what, what's, the, what's the connection there? I mean, what role does gain-of-function research play? As I mentioned, there are no civilian practical applications. There are immense bioweapons practical applications. Uh, as you've heard from Dr. Esfel, the potential pandemic pathogens that can emerge from such studies are potential weapons of mass destruction inexpensive, accessible, easily distributed weapons of mass destruction. Wow. Sam Husseini continues saying Dr. Ebright remarks in August 2022 Senate hearing are rare. Such issues were avoided in the recent high-profile COVID origins hearings. Also, in the C-SPAN transcript, the words, there are immense bioweapons practical applications, is replaced by, there are immense applications. In addition, the video of the hearing, which was chaired by Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Rand Paul, is prefixed with a soundbite clip of Fauci hollering at Rand Paul, if anyone is lying here, Senator, it is you. This violated C-SPAN's founding principles to provide coverage all without editing. How about that? Again, 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 it's my duty to share these things with you. You've been listening to episode 370 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us, contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. Well, that's the way it is. Tuesday, April 11th. 2023.